Okay, if uh, first, um, today I want to, we're going to talk about hymns. Uh, Dr. Travis, my wife, has been talking about uh, how to read the Bible and follow the patterns. She's been talking about uh, narrative and overview, and then last week talked about the, the poems in the Bible and, and spoke about songs. And um, for the next couple of weeks, uh, this week and, and next week, I wanted to talk about uh, corporate worship, and today our focus is on the hymnal or or a hymn specifically. Um, it's it's very important to what we do here. We are a liturgical uh, community of faith, so a lot of what we do comes uh, based on order of worship. And uh, as you know, going through the bulletin today, right there's there's sections of what we do or what we focus on. Um, and a lot of that comes based on, on uh, it's based on how uh, scripture passages are written, uh, and then how we're using them in our service. And then we have used the hymnal in the same way, and that's kind of what we want to focus on. What I'm going to focus on today, uh, hymnal first of all is just a collection of hymns that we use in our congregational singing. A hymnal may only contain the text or lyrics. Some older versions really just have the words to songs which was normal for most centuries of Christian history. Uh, the written melodies that we have now, um, that's a little more, more new, okay, where we've got the melodies and music written in, and then even more recently, uh, there are harmonies, which is how a lot of us have uh, learned, to, learned to read music and tune our ear to sing uh, different parts. But we'll talk about that tune a little bit. Um, Sorry, I just put this away. Before I, we, we look at the hymnal, I do want to read the passage that is in the call to hear and do the word section of the bulletin. So if you turn to your uh, Bibles to Colossians 3, I'm going to read verses 12 through 17. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, Forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of love. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the, in the name of Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So if we to uh, look through our hymnal, we're going to find all three kinds of those things. We're going to find hymns, hymns, I guess we would kind of categorize as having multiple verses. Um, they, they have the same tune and there's not always a chorus um, related to it. Uh, the chorus has kind of took place uh, a little bit later. They kind of happened in revivals. But um, the more traditional hymns, the older you go, they don't always have a chorus. They just have verses or, or stanzas. And then uh, a hymn or a, a psalm, right? A song written off based on psalms. Um, sorry, to jump back to a hymnal. Uh, a, a hymn might have more theology kind of woven in between it and taking scripture passages from different places to, to uh, build on a theme. Uh, whereas a psalm is taken from maybe one or a couple or, or many psalms. And then a spiritual song, um, we, we, we'll look at that a little bit later, um, 
kind of just is like a one long chorus. There's not necessarily a distinct verse or chorus separating the, the two things. Um, but it's, it's more repetitive in nature. Um, it's maybe more trying to get a more emotional response out of us. But we're, the, the focus is just on, on one particular thing. Um, first, I want to be familiar with the hymnal, right? So if we were to open to the front, right before hymn number one, we have this uh, great table of contents. So right away, we're, this is already separated and sectioned off the hymnal for us, right? So for hymn or page 1 through 239, it, they've already been categorized for us by songs of hymns, songs and hymns for worship, right? There's songs for praising the Lord, exalting the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord, the family of worship. Uh, there's songs that are good for for an invocation, right? Where we're going, we're worshiping the Lord together. There's also songs for closing in worship, and, and sometimes uh, it says spoken benediction. Um, then we get the life of Christ. We get the advent, the advent season, where we get the expectation of the Lord coming. That we sing about His birth, we sing about His early life, and then the some of His ministry, and then the focus and the shift into uh, the road up to Calvary, then His death, then His resurrection. Uh, and then we get a, a shift over in uh, 382 to 398 where songs that focus on the Holy Spirit, what the Spirit does for us, how He encourages us, how what we ask the Spirit to do for us, those kind of songs. Um, the next sections, uh, the, the, the songs about the church, uh, New Life in Christ, these are, these are great for uh, dedication songs, right? We're singing about the bond of love, how we're supposed to be united in Christ. We find those songs in here. Um, walking with God. This is where we get a lot of our prayer songs in, our, in, the, in the section where we do the call to prayer. We read scripture and then we ask God, we're asking for forgiveness or help. Um, and then again, we have more everlasting fellowship, um, which <laughs> this might be the section that's uh, more difficult theology-wise uh, because uh, the focus, a lot of the song is on heaven or that's the author's intent, but sometimes he's pulling in Scripture passages that are talking about the kingdom to come, or the new heaven and the new earth, and they kind of uh, kind of playing around with that focus there. And then towards the end, we get some special themes. We have songs of thanksgiving, um, uh, the, um, the God and Country songs, My Country Tis of Thee, and Star Spangled Banner. Um, uh, what I want to uh, focus on that we don't do very often in here is if you will jump to me to page 24, in each of those sections, if you looked, some of those sections had a, let's say, uh, the first section was Praise the Lord, hymns 1 through 23. Uh, script, it, uh, if you go to page 24, it is taking a passage of scripture and writing it to this kind of call and response. Right, so if you'll indulge me here, and I will do the worship leader part, and you guys do the everyone. Um, we go, so this is taken from Psalm 9. I would go, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. And the congregation responds with, I will be glad and rejoice in you. The Lord reigns forever. He established his throne for judgment. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord, enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. Sing praise to the Lord. So oftentimes we kind of overlook these things, but they're, they're a great source of pulling in scripture 
and saying scripture together. Maybe we should do that more often. Um, we do this once a month. It's not necessarily taking a scripture passage, but when do we do this sort of call and response sort of thing? The Mourner's Cottage, right? The Mourner's Cottage is a great example. Those who are in mourning are reading this section, and then the congregation responds um, uh, in kind, as, as the text says. Um, and then if you flip to the back, past the hymns, if we go to page 820, again, there are different ways that the hymns have been categorized. Some of these are topical. Uh, there's scripture passages that they're connected to, uh, a phrase you might be looking for, a song written by a songwriter, um, songs that are broken up by meter, which we will get into, which I think is kind of a more interesting thing to talk about, which hopefully that you guys are going to enjoy. So this back section, uh, Erica joked yesterday, is kind of like a Google search for your hymnal. Okay, So if you look at 820, right, we've got, they've again sectioned them off by... Adoration and praise to God, uh, praise to Jesus, uh, and just kind of flipping around, uh, just different ways that they categorize them. And it was interesting, like, um, this is how, uh, before I developed my own kind of spreadsheet and kind of picking the songs and the passages, this is what I would look to, to kind of put together a service. So what's a, what's a good song for an invocation, you know, or what's a good song about dedication, what's a good song about prayer or praise. This is a great place to go for, for songs when you're looking for a song that you want to sing or you just want to read that um, can be an encouragement to you or someone else. As, the, as, the, as Colossians said, we are to sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs to one another, admonishing one another, right, and giving thanks to God while we do it. Um, and then I think also, which is interesting, uh, there's some index of worship sequences. So if we want to sing about crowning the Lord uh, on page 826, uh, number 42, and they give like a number of songs that we could sing if we wanted to sing about those topics. So uh, just interesting things to look at. Um, and then on 829 through 832... Um, again, this is more for the musicians in the group, like this song kind of flows into this song because they're written in similar keys uh, based on their, um, uh, the, the, the wheel of the circle of fifths, right? Right, the, uh, this is, again, it's more music theory nerds. Um, but again, so then they break them down with, hey, on the last verse, like in the last stanza setting, including a choral ending. So if you're singing the song, you've got a choir behind you, and the last verse, they're going to do a key change, and there's several different harmonies to look at. So again, just more interesting things to find in the back. Um, that is, again, if you're just looking to, to look through the hymnal and flip through it and kind of understand what's going on, um, there you go. Um, like I said, all these things were important to me as someone who puts together the bulletin when putting together a service. Um, and then a hymn itself, as we talked about, the hymn, the word hymn is based on a Greek for a song of praise. Um, when we talk about a hymn, we do usually mean an older or a more traditional song, but it really is just kind of a genre. Um, in fact, a hymn is just kind of metrical in form. Um, 
There are old choruses, as I said, found in the hymnal. But the old chorus, kind of these choruses, kind of started. If you flip through it, a lot of some of them will have a copyright date or words written found on them. Choruses kind of started being written around the 30s, really more prominently in the 60s. We're learning a lot about the Jesus Jesus movement this year, right? A lot more uh, spiritual songs through that section, and then uh, around the 90s is when the hymnal seems to stop bringing in uh, new choruses to incorporate here. Um, Randy, if you could go to the next slide for me real quick. Okay, it's, it's a little hard to see. So it is looking at hymn number 635. This again is looking, how to, looking at how to read a hymn itself. Okay, so this is uh, the song in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the on the rose. This is not about theology. I'm not talking about theology. I'm talking about what it's actually showing to you. If you can read it, um, the hymn number is pointing to the top, or this is hymn number six thirty-five. And then on the left side, sorry, Randy, I'm going to I'm going to walk so I can see it too. Um, the top section where it says soprano and melody and alto part, those are talking. Um, it's pointing to the top section. So always, sorry, I'm going to digress again. Who, who here has never taken a music class before? Never, never been in a choir? Okay. Only a couple, that's okay. Um, but if you're not familiar with it, you look at a hymnal, I don't know what I'm singing, I don't know the mel. I don't know what note I'm supposed to look at, but I know, I can read the words. I know how to read so I can sing, I can follow along the words at least. But when you're looking at a hymn, that top note that's pointing to the soprano the melody alto part. That top note is always the melody. Okay? And then the note r- directly underneath it, that is the alto part. So that, uh, so when you're singing a melody, it doesn't have to just be a, a woman singing it. That could just be, uh, it could be a guy also who just wants to sing along with the melody. And then the note directly below that top note is is the first, is, is a harmony below it, sometimes just uh, a couple notes below, a third below, typically. Um... But that is sung generally by either uh, a guy who can sing high or maybe typically uh, a girl who doesn't have as high of a range. Okay, And then if you look at the next set of notes below the, the lines where it says, you know, we're looking at verses 1, 2, and 3, that next section of notes, the top note is the tenor, is the tenor note. So it, it, it uh, kind of breaks off on the right side of the page there. But the top note is, so a guy who typically sings a little bit higher, like me, uh, that's the kind of a note that I would be focusing on if I want to sing a harmony part. And then the, 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 the lowest note are for the, the guys with the deep voices and, or the, the, the lower instruments will play the bass line. So all of these things are, are what musicians are looking at um, when we're looking at a hymnal. So um, take it, there you go, music class 101, very briefly there. Um, and then to show you a difference, if you flip to, we don't need, you can, uh, go off that page, go back to the previous one, Randy. Uh, if you turn to page 107, looking at more of a chorus, Lord, I lift your name on high. Um, this is just kind of, this this version, this music, is just kind of written for a piano, okay? If you look, there are two clefs here, okay, more music theory. Uh, the top section, where it's got, um, I don't know, um, how would you describe it, guys? Uh, it's it's the the big it's the big squirrely stuff at the top. That is the treble section, and the lower section is the bass section. Um, so this is really just kind of showing 
this is written for piano. This is not written for multiple parts, although those of you who have a trained ear can kind of listen for harmonies. So, again, when, when you're looking at a hymnal, um, a hymn is written differently, um, written sometimes for the musicians, mostly for the musicians, not really for those who don't have any music training. But um, there you go. So this is the kind of things we'll find in a hymnal just based on how um, the music is chosen and they are written um, moving to the meter, a metrical or meter just means the syllable count or their stress patterns um, that are the same. A meter is listed in the hymnal in the lower right-hand corner. Um, so if we were to uh, just flip randomly to, let's see, page 329, there's Power in the Blood, a good gospel song. Um, it says the title of the song, it's just Power in the Blood, and then the very lower right-hand corner says 10, 9, 10, and 8 with a refrain. Um, so what that means is that the first phrase will have 10 syllables in it. So if we were to count, would you be free from your burden of sin? 10 syllables, that's the first meter, that's the 10. And then the next phrase would have the 9. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sometimes they will do a little bit of a cheat and they'll abbreviate a word, right? You see the word power has got an abbreviation because typically power has two syllables, but because they kind of truncate it and shorten it, power, right? So we just get one uh, to kind of work that way. So this is what I think is the kind of the interesting part of hymns, right? Um, if you would... Did I keep a copy for myself? I don't know. So if you look at the handout... Oh, I got it. Okay. We have a couple of examples. Uh, another one. So, be, be Thou My Vision has a meter of 10, 10, 10, 10. I'm hoping as I start, as you kind of flip through hymnals, I just want to see kind of people. Does that work? Yeah. Right? So, if we're doing Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart, it, so every phrase of this song will have the same meter. And that's kind of what makes it a hymn, is they have metering and they follow the same pattern throughout the song. Right? Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. There's ten, if you keep following along that way. And then uh, the next one, all power, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Uh, here, uh, this song, all hail the power of Jesus' name, is written in the most common meter, which is an 8686. Sorry, my notes are getting in my way a little bit. Um, and so most hymns are written in that common meter of 8. It'll say 8.6 or 8686. Um, and what they're doing is they're, they're also following the same, the same stress pattern of syllables. Um, this is also called an iambic pentameter, right? When we're talking about poetry, it's kind of done the same way. So this particular pattern has an unstressed and then a stressed. So if we are doing, I'll hail the power of Jesus' name, the first syllable is unstressed and the second one is stressed. And that's kind of written how we talk. All hail the power of Jesus' name. So um, those hymns will follow that pattern. Um, and so and it's natural for us English speakers to speak in this unstressed stressed system. So as the song isn't telling you to do this, it's using our natural syllabic tendencies. Um, there are over 5,000 hymns that are written to this common meter. Uh, oh, how I love Jesus, joy to the world, oh God, our help in ages past. 
And um, then there are some that are a little bit different. Um, they follow an 8-7 pattern. It's called Troikich. And so if we were to go to hymn number 11, we were singing, which we sang already today, Come Now, Fount of Every Blessing, that one's got a little bit different stress pattern to it. In this case, it's the opposite. So the, the, first, the first syllable is stressed, and then the second syllable is unstressed, if, you, if the, pattern, the pattern will continue through that song. Come, thou fount of every blessing. I, that's not the tune, right? But that's the idea of it behind it, okay? Um, so in this way, hymns are very much like poetry, uh, like a sonnet with a, a standard expectation for the meter and the rhythm of the song. Um, all the verses are sometimes called stanzas like a poem, and words with a common meter can be sung to the same tune. Unlike a contemporary chorus, uh, they're usually they're married to their unique team. You can't take another song and fit it to the same rhythm. Um, so as, as you flip the, your, your hymnal, you can see that there are really, really a great, a great many different types of meters found in the hymnal. Uh, so a fun example of, of, of a song using... So, if a song has the same meter, you can literally take those words and put it in that same song. So I'm going to give you an example here. It's a very famous example of actually taking a religious song and putting it to a, a more popular song. This is going to be a problem. Okay. The, the mo- a very famous version of this is taking the words to Amazing Grace and fitting it with the House of the Rising Sun. Okay. Um, which hopefully you guys will recognize, you guys will know it. But so I'm going to play the tune "House of the Rising Sun," and we're going to sing just the first lines, the first phrase of "Amazing Grace." Okay. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So you could do that with any song that has the same meter. So kind of a fun little neat thing to, to find out. I got kicked out of a church. For <laughs> <laughs> I came to the right place, no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, also it, it's, so it's, it's been a long tradition of songs using a tune of one song and, but having different li- lyrics. So... Um, Hymn 151, written by uh, Martin Luther, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is, is taken from a German drinking song, right? So it, it, if you flip through the hymns again, you'll find that, oh, this is based on a French tune, or this song is a Swedish tune, right? So oftentimes there's just a familiar tune in that native language, and then they wrote, you know, lyrics to, to worship God or to, to teach some theology to their congregants, Okay. Um, we have examples that, uh, uh, of songs using one tune and writing new words in our hymnal as well. Um, we do this during the Christmas or the Advent season. O come all ye faithful, right? Not just, not the words to come all ye faithful, but the, but the, uh, the chorus, right? So if you flip to 249, we're singing, O come all ye faithful, but it's the chorus part where we go, Oh, come, let us adore him. Right? That section. What else do we use that part? What's the other song we sing at the Advent time? 
Yeah, just that he alone is worthy, right? Or let's worship and adore him. 247, let's worship and adore him. That is, it's, it's, we don't have a lot of examples of our hymnal doing that, but there are a couple. And then uh, another song that we sing in the Advent section, Angels from the Realms of, Realms of Glory. It's used three times in this hymnal. So there's Angels from the Realms of Glory on hymn 259, and then hymn 361, Worship Christ the Risen King. So we're shifting the focus. And then there's also hymn 409, which is Thanks to God Whose Word Was Spoken. Right. So talking about different things, teaching different theology in, in different instances, but um, you know, just kind of, kind of fun, to, fun to point out and look at and, and learn. Um, uh, some hymns have choruses, um, some, some hymns don't. Like I said earlier, uh, hymns that have choruses, uh, they actually fall into this subcategory of, and they kind of, more, they kind of morph into this like gos- a gospel tune, like How Great Thou Art has got three verses, which we sang today. It, it's, it's not a super old hymn, but it is, well, like we call it old because it's a hymn, right? But, uh, but it is metrical, but then there is a refrain or a chorus at the end of it. Um, we talked about this earlier. Hymns are sometimes modeled on direct Bible verses, but others are based more loosely. Um, Hymnary.org notes that in Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, there are 59 different scripture passages written in that song. So oftentimes, that is what a hymn is doing. It is weaving scripture all the way through, and that's what a good hymn writer does. Right? Oftentimes today, the songwriters, the contemporary songwriters, they're taking maybe writing a song just based on one psalm, which is fine, right? We're just going to talk about what's written in that psalm, right? But a hymn is taking scripture from all over, from the, the beginning to the prophets and incorporating passages from the epistles or taking Jesus' words. Um, a lot of the hymns we use today, especially those coming from the Reformation onward, are intended to teach theological principles as well as offer praise. Uh, and this is why there are generally several distinct verses with a progression of things, as, to, as opposed to, like I said, in a chorus, though they're repeating the mantra. Um, so, Erica and I uh, took, took... It doesn't take very long. I don't want, how long have I been going? Any guess? 25 is finished? Okay. We spent five minutes, and we wrote a hymn. Okay, I, I want to see if you guys will flip uh, and kind of using this meter of the 6868. Six, so this is what we did. We took Psalm 24 and we rewrote it a little bit. Right? So if we're looking at Psalm 24, maybe we don't have to write a hymn together. But if you look at it with us, this is what a songwriter is going to do. If we flip to Psalm 24... So, the first verse says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Right. So, in order to fit it in, in the rhythm of a 6-8 meter, we wrote, O Lord, ruler of all the earth, and all that live, live within it. Right. So, we're taking the same content and we're just rewording it a little bit to kind of fit it so that we could fit it in a tune. And then it continues, right? Uh, he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Um... What happened there? Okay. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy place? Who has clean hands and a pure heart? 
who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. Um, so, who may ascend to your dwelling who, or approach your mighty throne? So that would finish the phrasing. And then we would go maybe to a second verse if we figured out a chorus to go with it, right? Again, so we continue. If that passage, we're, we're talking about who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, has not sworn deceitfully. Make my heart clean and my hands pure. Keep my soul from falsehood. O Lord, God of many blessings, source of, my, source of my salvation. So that was continuing the section. Verse 5. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Um, so maybe we would take, this is the generation of those who seek and who seek your face. Maybe we'd take that piece and kind of write a chorus to it. But, so if we were, again, to take that 8-6 metering, we could take those words and put it to amazing grace, right? O Lord, ruler of all the earth and all that live within. So, on your own, if you're wanting to write songs or express yourself uh, artistically, this is how you could do it. You could take a meter or a tune that you like to sing and you want to put some different words to it. This is how you would go to do that. Um, focusing now on uh, just a very short here on choruses. Um, they're more contemporary um, and that may mean, like I said, the 60s onward, our hymnal has both choruses are built on frequent repetition, giving a prolonged emotional expression of a devotional thought. Think, we exalt thee. It may not be our favorite song, right? But it is us worshiping the Lord. We exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, right? It's very repetitive, but as a form of community worship, we're all singing the same words. It's all focused just on worshiping the Lord. Uh, it's not teaching any theological depth, but um, we are singing together the same words. Um, and then that's how, uh, like I said, that, that's how the majority of songs are sung today in most evangelical worships, worship services. Um, I, we only have 30 minutes planned, that's, and I've gone through my notes. That's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Just kind of looking at hymnal, hymns in the hymnal learning how it's put together, why it's put together the way it is, uh, learning how to find songs when you want to find them, and just kind of looking at, okay, how is a, hymnal writ- how is a hymn written, and then the, the different ways it can be used and uh, to kind of reuse and rework different songs and put it in that form. Um, on my topic next week, I kind of want to talk about that, that, that balance and tension that, that we've already alluded to today, in that there is... Importance in teaching theology, which is why we sing all four verses of a song, right? Because there's depth and they're, they're changing the topic, even though the chorus might wrap it up together nicely. Um, versus, we exalt thee, um, where we might feel more of an emotional response to that song, right? Because that uh, it just... It's got a more of a swing, swing rhythm and beat to it. It might give you... Uh, Make you feel like you want to raise your hands and praise the Lord, which is all fine. So what is that balance between singing songs that are teaching theology or worshiping the Lord, right? Taking um, opportunities to teach versus using emotion, right? Um, that's not our goal here. I know that there are, there are goals in other churches where they want you to feel something by the end of the last song, Right? That is, not our, that is not our focus here. Our focus is on the community and worshiping the Lord. And some of those songs, t- 
they tend to lean towards focusing on the self. So kind of we'll look at that balance and when is it a, when does it work to sing those kind of songs where it's just community or when it's just focusing on ourselves? Um, you know, verse, you know, looking at uh, the call to worship section is very more focused on each other, one another, right? Same thing with the presentation of selves. There might be a little bit of uh, I want to follow you better, right? That that kind of mindset, but also we're one in the spirit, we're one in the bond of love, that sort of idea. And then, yes, it's appropriate when we're going to a, a, call, to, a call to prayer, when we are unburdening our hearts. Those would be, it's a great time to sing to the Lord. Or it can also be a sweet hour of prayer, but there's also the focus a little bit can be on ourselves. Same thing with the testimony time. So we'll kind of look at that next week and kind of look at that balance between those two things. Um, well, well, pray with me real quick, and then if you have questions or comments, or if I bored you to death, that's okay too. There might not be any questions. So let's pray. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. Uh, we are grateful that uh, we have this great liturgy to look back on, to uh, formulate how we as a community of faith can come before you and worship you together that is uh, honoring and respectful towards you. Um, we're thankful specifically for, for hymns and songs and spiritual songs that teach us, but also lift up your name and give you praise and the glory that is due your name. Uh, help us uh, to be discerning and what songs to sing and what songs to avoid or, um, or really just to, to teach us to, hey, that, that's, we could use that. That's, maybe we, we stay away from that verse. Um, but we as, help us as we as a community kind of figure these things out as we sing hymns and we're uh, trying to incorporate uh, new music into our worship. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.